podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Tammy. And I'm Will. And we have woo, some special, special guests this week for um, covering the finale. In fact, we have the ABC of uh, uh, podcast people. I don't know. Uh, a is for Alan. Welcome, Alan. Woo. Oh, Forgive occasion on the M's. Oh, that's okay. I, I have a cat as well somewhere, so... They can they can chat back and forth and do their own podcast. Uh, B is for someone that I know who loves cats. It's Brad. Woo! Oh. <laughs> hmm. Don't don't think so. Don't get the wrong. Cat phone. I thought got I was going to be on this episode. Sorry, I'll leave. <laughs> got the wrong Brad. <laughs> I thought I was talking to Bradley Cat Lover Cooper instead. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys, for the finale. Thanks for finally coming on, Brad. Yeah. Sorry, with all the confusion this this season, as we've said before. And Moira, Dr. Moira was meant to be on, but Dr. Moira is sick. Um, doc, Moira, if you're sick, you're not a very good doctor, I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the state of most GPs' health? <laughs> I know. <laughs> or the, the state, it's like the, if you know only builders, you'll see their homes look like building sites. It's true. I think people who are you know organize other people for a living they're mo- very disorganized I imagine no I a love physician. you really Moira feel better feel thyself fool exactly. if you don't you're a bad <laughs> <good> job <laughs> do yourself through the power of thought and harsh. stuffs I know I'm harsh I've got quite a bit of news for you guys this week are you ready yep in first bit of news Ant-Man and the Wasp has finally come out in the UK like six years after it came out in the states so i've seen it twice and i very much enjoyed it and you haven't seen it it's good i'm seeing it tomorrow i was i should be watching it now oh (laughs) i'm sorry it's a it's a fun romp is what i'll say would you guys agree with that yeah yeah it's a fun romp it's a a fun thing uh it that will be the last uh, mcu movie to be released on netflix it's been confirmed so starting with Captain Marvel, all the Disney films will, uh, all the Disney, all the Disney Marvel films will be released on the new Disney streaming service, which is unnamed as yet. Oh, but, no. So that's the last one you'll be able to see on Netflix. So we'll have to spend more money to watch them streaming, get another streaming service, I guess. And we still don't know <laughs> what's going to happen to the series that are already there. Not as far as I know. Um, well, from what I have heard, they're going to stay the same, but I've not heard anything differently. It yeah, seems to be one of those things that keeps going back and forth. Do Disney own ABC? Yes. yes. Yeah. That would explain why Cloak and Dagger was on ABC. Because it's a Marvel Disney show. are also developing another Marvel show for um, uh, for ABC, but they haven't said what it's going to be yet. But there's another one in development. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, <laughs> the musical, every week. Excuse it's me. a mix of Howard the Duck and Cop Rock. Okay. Uh, Dragging you it, back to topic, the music in Luke Cage this season has been excellent. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Tammy has got her work cut out for her this week with her Tam oh, Jams. I can't wait for this week's Tam Jams. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it, sounds like an Austral- uh, it sounds like an Australian candy bar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. 
So there's been a rumour that Iron Fist 2 will officially introduce the Daughters of the Dragon being called the Daughters of the Dragon. So I, I cheered when I read that because I was like, yes, like I just, oh, I just want them, to, oh, just let them have their own show. It would be amazing. That's what we need. Uh, there's also been a new Iron Fist teaser trailer release showing Davos's new abilities that we will see in Iron Fist Season 3. What else have we got? Black Panther is now the third film in history to earn more than $700 million in domestic box office. Do you guys know what the other two films are? There's three films in history. Yeah. <laughs> one has one has blue people in it. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Smurfs? <laughs> yeah, Smurfs too. <laughs> no, Avatar. Avatar. And the other one is Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So even though I think overall Avengers made more money than Black Panther, like overall gross, I guess uh, Black Panther has earned is the has earned more than seven hundred million domestic, whereas Avengers: Infinity War hasn't as yet, but it still might because uh, it's still on. So um, apparently X-Men Dark Phoenix movie is not being cancelled. Um, there was uh, worry that it was going to be cancelled. Then they said it wasn't. Then they said it was. Then they said it wasn't. And then they said there's going to be extensive reshoots. And now they're saying, nope, there's only going to be two and a half weeks of reshoots. So hopefully that means that not that much of it is going to change. We'll see. You know, it's one of those things that keeps going back and forth on. Um, the latest on James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy is apparently Kevin Feige and Marvel are attempting to compromise with Disney regarding James Gunn. So who knows what will happen with that. But if there's any more news, I'll let you guys know. Uh, and the last bit of news I found was specifically for Tammy. Oh. This was from comic book movies because it is about the uh, crossovers between Cloak and Dagger and Luke Cage. So this is a quote from Joe Pekaski, who is the showrunner for Cloak and Dagger. And he said the Luke Cage reference in Cloak and Dagger was Marvel's idea. Quote, it came from someone at Marvel. I love uh, Chio, Luke Cage showrunner, and I'm a big fan of Simone Missick, who obviously plays Misty Knight. So I've always been like, what can we do? How can we get Misty Knight? She's the coolest. Someone had come up with the facts. Like, since the Bridget character was from New York, we should reference it. Perhaps she had been friends or ridden with Misty at some point, and all parties seemed cool with it. It was one of those things where if you don't know what they are talking about, it doesn't really affect your experience. So, yeah, it's not yeah, spoilery. Not uh then he exactly and then he said um he would love for obviously misty to appear in the show and then he was asked who his number one crossover dream would be um uh in the show and he said quote yeah i mean they came from spider-man there's definitely a sense of teen angst and great power and great responsibility that they all share but the thing i love about tandy and tyrone is in the comic book world they show up everywhere Someone smarter than me once called them the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Marvel Universe. They just drop in. They can show up in an X-Men book. They can show up in the big crossover event. They can show up on the Runaways. They show up in the Ultimate Universe. And you're always happy to see them. That's how I feel. I'd like to see them in the cinematic cinematic universe being the same way. Yeah. I, yeah, no, exactly. nothing really stopping them, to be honest. Like, exactly. even after watching their show, I'm like, they really could. They just could stick those two kids wherever. <laughs> And it'd be exactly. fun. And then his last uh, comment on it was, quote, 
I think some of the challenge is how fractured the ownership is, is still. I would love for Peter Parker to walk by, but Sony owns them. You, you'd like someone from the films to be there, but everything is a little bit segmented. Marvel, to their credit, has let us make some vague references to other television shows, and there's hopefully some crossover potential. But the issue is being like, can we use this character? And for some reason, 20 years ago, in the negotiations of the Spider-Man X-Men, uh, Spider-Man X-Men, that character belongs over there. Uh, so I think the segmentation is a problem. Hopefully that will get better. I mean, the fact that Spider-Man was in the last Avengers movie still doesn't feel real, but it seems like it's a glimmer of hope that particularly Tandy and Tyrone can play with all the superheroes at some point. Yeah, I think, like, from a... Just watching that show and then watching all the other shows, I think they would fit better in any of the Marvel Netflix series. Like, the vibe of the shows would match okay. And they potentially, just because of their ages, could show up in the Runaways and make sense. But I just think, like, their characters, I don't know if they would fit anywhere else. Like, it, it, it would be fun, but it would be very odd for their characters to show up anywhere else. Like, even in, mm. even in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I can't see them showing up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, they got, I mean, they got Sif. Yeah, yeah. Sif was... I would <laughs> but, like Turk I... to be, like, the, the Rosencrantz, Guildenstern of of the MCU yeah. and just show up in everything. Like, yeah. you know, you just see Turk in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next season where they're in space or whatever, and he's just like, they're going, oh, man. But, great. yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. relates more to the movies, I think. Like, mm -hmm. I don't... It's supposed to be, isn't it? It's kind of filling yeah, yeah. the background. Yeah. I, I, but, you I, know, I, even, I... even in the Marvel Netflix shows, they reference what happens in the movies in a very, like, abstract way, but they, it, you know that it's still all the same universe, but I can't see any any time that any of those characters would actually talk to each other at all. And the same thing, like, with Tandy uh, um, and... Uh, Tyrone or whatever his name is, like them showing up in Agents of Shield just wouldn't make sense to me. Is it Tandy? Because I didn't have the subtitles on, and I yeah, I I heard Candy, and I'm thinking, I kind of didn't no, look. The other was called Candy. Yeah, Tandy and Tyrone. They've got little cute alliterative names. I yeah, I because they they the show has ended now. I really liked it at the end, but starting I, off, I thought it was kind of slow. I literally discovered it today. I like slow. Respect your audience and actually build character. No, mm -hmm. it became repetitive for me. <laughs> it wasn't that it was just slow. I don't mind that if it's slow and it's telling the story, but it became very repetitive those first couple episodes to the point where I'm like, yeah, kind of like in Iron Fist, how we saw the flashback scene 500 times. <laughs> I don't need, to see it. don't need to see it that many times. Just, just, a comment, just a comment on what Claire was saying. She was saying Spider-Man, she was saying segmented. And all I can think of is the last five minutes of the last Avengers movie. Yep, Spider-Man's mm. been segmented. Yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> um, uh, apparently as well, Sony have announced that they are doing a like Marvel Comics universe. Um, which I'm like, don't, don't. It's, it's kind of like with DC, uh, you know, the um, Dark Universe or whatever that Universal was going to do. It's like, don't name your universe before you've got enough films to fill a universe, you know? It wasn't called the MCU before they made Iron Man, the, the movie, you know? 
So um, Sony is planning a sort of Spider-Man universe without Spider-Man by the sounds. So they're going to have Venom. They're going to have a film based on Silk, who is another um, character from the Spider-Man comics. They're going to have a film based on Craven the Hunter, which I don't understand because Craven the Hunter hunts Spider-Man. How do you have a Craven the Hunter film without Spider-Man? What's he hunting? <laughs> Bargains maybe on Black Friday. He's Sweet like, deals. <laughs> yeah, I got a coupon. <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't really understand it but we'll we'll see and i think the first film in that is going to be venom which i i saw the trailer and i just kind of shrugged and was like yeah okay are are they still doing the um the um morbius movie they're still doing a morbius movie as far as i know they were going to do a movie that um teamed up the black cat and silver sable um but which everyone was like why but apparently now they've split that and it's going to be two different films. So there's going to be a Silver Sable movie and a Black Cat movie. Oh, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll, it, yeah, it's, and the, the universe itself has got a strange name. It's called something like the Sony universe of Marvel Comics. It's something like that. And I was like, mm. but we'll, we'll see. I mean, if they're going to... If they're gonna like have try to have Sony have its own little separate quasi Spider Man, why don't they just let Sony have Miles Morales? Because Miles Morales isn't as recognizable, I guess. But if you're you, if you're gonna have a Spider Man universe without Spider Man, at least have like yeah, have Craven hunting Sp- Miles Morales. Or something. Yeah, let him have another Spider Man. You got Spider Man plenty. I mean, you could even have a clone Spider Man. Like what was his name? Ben Riley. The, the Scarlet yeah. Spider. Well, but then, but then it's just a clone, so then you just still got yeah. <laughs> the same Spider-Man, Claire. That's not going to work. And then they could actually clone Tom Holland and, uh, you know, and do that. That would be cool. Anyway, that was the news for this week. So this week we are covering the final two episodes of Luke Cage Season 2. Episode 12 is called Can't Front on Me and was written by Aida Mashaka Kroll and directed by Everardo Gout, or Goot, which is the best name ever. Uh, Luke teams up with an unlikely ally to combat a new strain of heroin. As Shades plows ahead with his plan, a massive party draws everyone to the club. And episode 13, the season finale, is They Reminisce Over You, written by showrunner Chia um, Hadari Koka, directed by Alex Garcia-Lopez. Mariah adapts to her new circumstances and goes to extremes to cover her tracks. Luke takes a new approach to protecting Harlem. The Tammy, hmm. plenty of yeah. plenty of town jams this week. Yeah, and I'm like you. I'm like, if my stuff wants to reload, that would be wonderful. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see what I've got. So in episode 12, um, the first of the two that we watched, you have Karis one who's like pretty famous and he he was part of boogie but down production yeah way yeah. back in the day and um if you know anything about rap at all you would know who krs1 is uh that's because he's been around for forever yeah <laughs> yeah like it was and still extremely recognizable like not just yeah. the, like just the sound of his voice and then when you see him on screen i'm like that's krs1 that's crazy um it was pretty awesome uh, more Wu-Tang Clan, obviously, during oh, a fight. <laughs> and you know what? When I joked last week about 
oh, I can't believe, you know, they're just going to use the whole album, like all this. I had completely forgotten they used a song this week as well. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty great. Um, we've got more Adrian Young, but I'm going to talk more about him. Well, not more about him, just a little bit more about him in the next episode because he actually appears. Um, uh, yeah, so that was the main stuff that I got from episode 12. From episode 13, the main singer is Rakim, who is, mm-hmm. I always think of one half of Eric B. and Rakim, even though they broke up back in 93. But to me, <laughs> they will always be Eric B. and Rakim. I don't They'll never break up in your heart, Tammy. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if Rakim has done like 20 albums since. Don't care. Still Eric B. and Rakim. So... Sorry, dude. Not getting away from that. Uh, so he was the main performer. And his rap, if you listen to it this episode, it sound, it, I'm assuming it was specially done for Luke Cage because it was yeah. all about Luke Cage. So It's similar uh, to when uh, Method Man wrote exactly. the rap in um, season one. And yeah. it appears on the soundtrack as well. And it's called I, um, King's Paradise. So it's directly referencing, it references a lot of the stuff from the show. And I was thinking, it's a bit egotistical of Luke to like take over the club and opening night be like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, write write a song about me and how great I am. (laughs) (laughs) How did they go about putting two songs in one episode describing the plot of what's going on in the show? Yeah, Yeah. Because I told you earlier in the season, like we talked about it almost being like a musical and I was like, well, later on in the season, it becomes much more like a musical. And this is the episode I mean, because when uh, when we get that song from uh, Tilda, I, I was like, the rest of this episode is going to be a musical. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so that that, episode, that song is called Family First. Uh, mm-hmm. so, that Tilda sings. And a small side note about Tilda, the actress who plays Tilda, uh, Gabrielle Dennis. She plays Whitney Houston in the upcoming biopic of Bobby Brown. Oh, wow. Mm. So, That's cool. Um, which apparently is a sequel to the new edition biopic. And I'm like, what the what? fuck? Where have I been? I've not seen either. Well, the Bobby Brown one comes out September 4th. But I'm like, it, and it, I guess, follows directly after where the new edition biopic ended. Oh, because <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, I think I remember basically one night on Twitter, like a whole bunch of people were tweeting, live tweeting that new edition <laughs> biopic. I've never seen it, though. Okay, so, well, I've got to watch all of them now. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, what? Is this? But yeah, so I went down a little hole with that when I was <laughs> seeing if, if uh, Gabrielle Dennis had done anything else. And I was like, oh, well, she plays Whitney Houston. Good for her. Uh, we also get a Bob Marley song, When Bushmaster oh, is in yes. I thought that was really um, good. We'll talk about, obviously, that whole scene and everything with him. And we get Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who are, uh, well, they're behind rock him during his part but then they do mm-hmm. like this whole uh like jazz and singing performance at the end as well so themselves. so good so those were i mean it's a lot but <laughs> it's that that's pretty much what i got for music oh some hefty tam jams this week tammy yeah, thank yeah, you yeah like between Karis one and rock him alone for these two episodes i thought that was pretty big <laughs> It's like wow. Were you were you excited because you were saying you couldn't wait to see who like was in the finale for yeah. you know, music wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and again, like I 
think it's funny that they have another song about Luke Cage or another rap about Luke Cage. I think it's great. They're <laughs> gonna have one every season. It's gonna I happen. know. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, because music is so heavy in this show, like and and musical artists, like it makes sense out of all the shows that this is the character that's gonna have songs written about him. But it's still funny to me. I just I'm like, like you said, like. You're going to have someone, you own the club, and so you're going to be like, yeah, you can come perform here, but you need to perform a rap about me, so. (laughs) (laughs) I love to hear that Bob Marley song, because there was a period a couple years ago where I was listening to that song, like, repeat, like, day and night (laughs) for, for like, a week, probably. And... Oh, it's so good. It's one of his best, I think. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, what it was it like a redemption song or whatever, right? Yeah, redemption yeah. song. Yeah. Okay. Think, given that given the timing that it was played, I mean it seems appropriate. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think oh, that's I'm oh, sorry. Oh, go on. I, was, I think that song at the end is called Sweet Thing, because I remember like Mary J. Blige did a version of it yes. a while back. You know what? Okay. Yes, it is. And that's not listed as one of the songs. Like, I, ha- you know, there's a website that has, like, all the songs listed and stuff. And some of them are just, like, background instrumental songs or whatever. Yeah. And I've got to say that song I don't think is listed on that website. But, yeah, for sure, that's Mary J. Blige because I was singing it while I was watching that episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was I can't in, was remember which one. one. Oh, oh, go on. Sorry. Sorry. So was she in season one? Am I remembering? Uh. No, I don't think so. But she did no. play um, uh, Rob Morgan, aka Turk's wife, in uh, uh, Project last year. So okay. she has got a link, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I just remember because might... he was geeking out when uh, I chatted to him. He was geeking out about being married to Mary J. Blige. Yeah, and it might not have been her version, but that's who I remember singing it to. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Tammy. No spoiler spoiler alert for uh, the end of uh, uh, the next season of Iron Fist. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to end with uh, Danny Rand walking into a shitty coffee <laughs> shop, and there's going to be a guy without shoes and an acoustic guitar singing a song about <laughs> Danny. <laughs> Is that guy going to be you, Brad? Definitely. I, not. I, I know. I, I know it's not. The, I know it's not the episode, but what the hell was that pop up appearance of Danny? It was great. It was the best thing ever. It was the oh. best episode of the season. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> if, my heart, my heart grew three hundred sizes. You felt a little shoehorned into me. I think it felt it made me wish that it was a that he was in it more often. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do a heroes for hire. They're gonna do a marriage one. They have. To. I love their bromance. It's just <laughs> it's the most adorable thing ever. I loved it. Yeah, as as listeners know from last week when I was just like, oh my god, about everything. <laughs> So we start off episode 12. We've got a, a scene with, you know, no characters in it. So I'll just mention it where we see this drug that these guys are doing at a club. See, I thought it was cocaine at first, but apparently it's heroin because they were snorting it. Right. Yeah. I thought they were vampires at first. I was very confused. I didn't, I didn't know if I was watching the right show. I was like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> Oh, is yeah, Blade yeah. coming in for the last? That's what episode? I was yeah. thinking. Like, yeah. that's how they introduced Blade. <laughs> oh, hell, he could, the Luke Cage actor could totally carry off Blade. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, they kind of go crazy though, and then we see that the drug is called Bushmaster. And when we see the drug later, it, it really looks like um, 
the meth from Breaking Bad, like the blue meth. Oh, ecstasy. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Luke first. So first time we see him is when D.W.'s girlfriend, whose name I can't remember, is telling Luke all about this incident in Pops and wants to know what he'll do about it. Um, but Luke doesn't think that Bushmaster's responsible for it because uh, it doesn't seem like his kind of thing. Um, and D.W.'s upset, obviously, because his girlfriend almost got hurt. And this is when Sugar, who's now Luke's right-hand man, I guess, tells Luke that Mariah is dealing with the Yang and calling the drugs Bushmaster to drag Bushmaster's name through the through the mud. So what do you guys think about Sugar being sort of Luke's right-hand man now, I guess? I'm okay with that. That's sweet. <laughs> sweet like Sugar. <laughs> yes. Luke swears a lot in this episode, or in these two episodes, and he doesn't put any money in the candy jar, or the swear jar. I know. This shows <laughs> that he's going down a dark path, Will. I know. Pops would be... My... <laughs> yeah, my note when that chick put money in the jar, I was like, is that how Luke makes any money? Is he just, like, has people come <laughs> in the barbershop and <laughs> shakes well, them not, down? They're not, sweet, they're, they're not cutting hair, are they? So I guess... No. <laughs> And selling those T-shirts, but I mean, the amount of money DW must have spent, like getting those T-shirts printed in the first place, is probably more than he's making. Yeah. Uh, you know, he this like week. So this week, I watched the uh, Still Magnolias remake, which has Alfre Woodard what? in it, and she's so funny in that movie. It's not the best movie, but she's really funny in it. I just think <laughs> pretty much every scene in the beauty salon is just those friends sitting around talking. I'm like, how do they make any money in this place? It's always just them. Wait, wait does the like how these remake? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know there was a remake either. Wow. Still so is, it, is, is this on the level of like Battlestar or is it on the level of uh, Get Carter? Well, I'll just say this: it was a lifetime original movie, if I recall. So it's on that <laughs> level. Oh, that's it. I, I, I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> My mom will probably watch it at some point. Then I guess. So next time we see Luke, we don't see that much of. Like again, Luke, we don't see much of him in this first episode. Um, so he heads to Yang's warehouse, and Bushmaster is following him sneakily, which Luke obviously anticipates Bushmaster is going to do because he's not going to be happy about this drug having his name on. And then Luke arrives and jumps from the shipping container. I wrote, like, Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk. It's very hard to explain, but the way he jumped with his arms in the air is exactly how the Hulk used to jump in the Bill Bixby Hulk. Kind of like, he's kind of like, rah! And it, it made me really laugh. Uh, and then they fight back to back by with with a car door between them. Oh. Yeah. It looks I'll get behind me and protective. Has the nature of their relationship changed? You know what? It's because they're the same guys. They could have been brethren. <laughs> Every, everyone is the same in this show. Everyone is the same. <laughs> <laughs> but not sister. <laughs> and I love in this fight scene that Luke is trying to stop Bushmaster from killing anyone. And um, like Bushmaster grabs the little axe and is going to kill yeah. this guy and stops him. It's Oh, that's great. I love it. And this fight choreography is really good. Yeah, there's I, I, a part where Bushmaster like flips upward instead mm -hmm. of crawling up these like steps, and I'm like, how did he do that? I don't... That was amazing. It's the nightshade. I think so. It's pretty incredible. Are, yeah. 
Are people going to be stupid enough to take Nightshade and think it will give them superpowers? Oh, I hope not. Oh, if I so, then that. they should get a Darwin Award. I did that five minutes before we started recording, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, should, you I, seem so calm and collected for someone on Nightshade. I just, I just love the fact that we got a, we got a sweet Christmas at the end. Oh, I know. It's great. <laughs> Looks down his hands and sweet Christmas, boom. Yeah, because he's holding the grenade, and we know it's obviously not going to hurt him or whatever. But it does blast him through that door, which was kind of hilarious. There's little teeny weeny grenades, uh, and Bushmaster runs away. Bushmaster does a lot of running away in this episode. It's like Bushmaster. Oh, he's gone. Sorry, was it a grenade or a Judas bullet? That was a grenade. It was one of the little grenades that. Um, uh, when did they use it earlier in the series? They used it at some point earlier in the season. Oh, it's the one that um, uh, Bushmaster had when he was in the van and he was monologuing to the guards and then he let it explode in his hand. And that's why he got injured and had to go to Tilda in the first place. Mm. So it's like these little teensy, teensy weensy grenades. Uh, so next time we see Luke is when he's entering Harnell's Paradise. Um, Mariah mentions Dapper Dan to Luke and obviously we know that he... Has already met Dapper Dan, um, and this is the this, like this is a weird scene because I thought I was like are Luke and Mariah about to make out. This is weird because this is when they're talking about the drug lab has been shut down, and then she's saying that he will always save her and he's the only man she's ever been able to count on, and she's stroking his face. And I was like, is is Luke about to kiss Mariah? It's so weird. I didn't think he was into that at all. I think she was just being herself. She's extra flirty this season with everyone. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Um, And did you guys notice in um, Home Furnishings Watch, um, have you noticed the lamp in Mariah's office that looks like the Eye of Sauron? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because it it really distracts me. There's this lamp and it's just this big orange circle with a black people. And it just looks like Sauron is watching everything they're doing. Didn't see that though. Oh, it's very weird. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Um, I like to imagine it's like the eye of Mama Mabel just watching their every move. And this is also where we find out about the uh, the Unity Jam that's that night. And we hear it uh, being talked about on the radio by Heather B. and Sway. The return of Heather yep. B. and Sway from season one, which was awesome. Uh, so I think next time we see him is at the is back at Pops where they're discussing the Unity Jam, and Luke knows exactly what Moraes plays because she's protecting herself from Bushmaster by surrounding herself with collateral damage. So he'll have to protect her, protect her and Harlem. And Luke is sick of this shit. And then we get that little montage where it looks like he's standing on a conveyor belt and going down the street. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? <laughs> He's not walking, he's just floating down the street. That's <laughs> what he does. He looked like, yeah, it was It was weird. It was, yeah, the way they filmed it, I guess it was, you know, he's in sort of a world of his own and sick of everything and in his own head, but it just looked like he was, you know, on like one of those long conveyor belts at the airport. He's on a Segway. On a Segway. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, riding a Segway. he's tired. He's just riding a Segway around. Oh, that'd be adorable. And he has it like branded, like DW's branded it, like the, like Sweet Christmas, and it's painted yellow. That'd be adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and when he has to fight crime, he's like, to my segue. 
<laughs> now, now a picture of the little Batman uh, dissolved from the 60s series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if it was Luke just going down. Luke and Danny on little matching segways. <laughs> but Danny's fun. wearing a helmet. Of course he's Danny's wearing a helmet. Let's very slowly get to the crime scene. <laughs> So that night, uh, Luke sits. I put Luke sits and reads under a slow motion fan from Twin Peaks because there's this slow mo fan above him. And this is when we also see Bushmaster getting ready to leave and Luke leaves. It's because they're the same guys. Do you see? They're the same. Well, there's there's a lot of because that's a there's a slow motion fan for Bushmaster and Luke Cage. like, and, and that's how they transition from one scene to another is this fan. There's another transition where like we we kind of like the camera moves up the scene and then we're basically at the bottom of another scene. It's a oh, lot of strange yeah, transitions in this episode from one scene to yeah. the next. Yeah, there's I, I noticed a few as well. Some yeah, strange way. It's like when we saw that episode of Defenders and there was a lot of strange yeah. transitions in that, do you remember? Yeah. yeah, they kind of stood out in this one. Yeah. Um yeah, not bad, just No, strange. just uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just they they definitely stood out more than another any other episode. <laughs> uh so later Luke meets Misty at Harlem pa- Harlem's Paradise. And uh, oh, they're discussing Misty's plan for shades, but Luke says he's working on a better plan. Um, and his better plan apparently is to, I guess, run after Bushmaster when Bushmaster <laughs> arrives. <laughs> it's not really a plan, it's kind of what he does. Um, and Bushmaster tries to go and kill Mariah, Luke runs after him. And this is when Luke goes flying through the window, like the boy who could fly. <laughs> Breaking the railing on his way down. Yeah, every is there anyone who's so not going damage, to the window? Man. Now, did you oh. like you guys predicted that Mariah was going to die? I think Will, you predicted Mariah was going to be killed by Tilda, so you were correct. But did you did any of you think that Mariah was going through this window? No, because I was convinced she was going to go through this window just like Cotton Mouth did. Mm-mm. I thought she might die in the um, bunker or whatever they called it. Lair. Oh, the layer. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much insurance they have on the <laughs> paradise. This place is always getting torn apart. So much. Uh, you, you think they just filled the um, window in? Yeah. <laughs> but it's the perch. Well, it's not the perch, it's, is it? It's not the balcony, but they need that window. It's, it's a health and safety nightmare. <laughs> just put some of that, like, really thick plexi. You know, plexi stuff in that doesn't break. Oh, like that last season of Father Ted, where Father Jack yes. tries to jump through the window and just bounces off. The and just bounces off the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. In, anyone... in this scene, though, especially in her lair, I was just like, "Someone, just kill Mariah. Just, just get it over with already." My God. Yeah. But if they'd killed Mariah, we wouldn't have that cool prison scene. Exactly. I think in the when they were in the lair, I was thinking it was going to be Shades that did it, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, g- give me the yeah. gun and then bang. Yeah, yeah. So carrying on with the fight, Luke, uh, Bushmaster heads into this room, and we get Luke and Misty versus Bushmaster in the lair. Um, Luke is protecting Mariah from Bushmaster, just as she said uh, he would. And uh, Luke manages to 
punch Bushmaster out, but then has him in a headlock and is about to snap his neck. I was like, what is this? Man of Steel? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> As in something completely out of character? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this was like, no. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, and he was because, almost like zoned out. Like, you know, yeah. he wasn't even hearing his name being called. Yeah. Well, he, he was by Mariah. Where he's like, kill him, kill him. Uh, somebody yeah. should have snapped them. No, I'm kidding. Mariah. <laughs> she was getting on my nerves right there. Like, shut up, Mariah, shut up. I don't know how well this moment worked because it did seem out of character for me. I, um, I, got a, I got a question, though. I mean, Bushmaster basically kicks Misty hard. Mm-hmm. She goes flying across the room. She does not appear in any way injured. What the hell? She also has a robot body as well as a robot arm. Oh, okay. Well, that's new information. Well, she, she liked her <laughs> robot arm so much, she got robotic skin uh, added. I don't know. She yes. landed on her arm. I'm she always lands on her arm. Anyone, like, looks as injured as they should be. Because Shades gets the hell beat out of him, and just yeah. he just kind of wanders around. And Mariah was almost choked to death, and she's just getting a drink for herself. So... <laughs> I feel like everyone should be more injured than what we're seeing. Isn't Mariah getting a drink for herself pretty much every scene in the last six episodes? But I would think once you like almost get choked out, yeah, and you're you're she was kind of beaten a little bit too. Like I, she doesn't seem that upset. We see how hard Bushmaster is hitting people at this point because he hits Luke so hard that Luke bleeds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the truth is. Um, the truth is, Mariah, um, the, it wasn't the lipstick that killed her. It was just everything finally caught up. <laughs> her body just gave out. It was yeah. just like, oh no. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> she got sober and realized how injured she was. And uh, okay. like, oh. The hangover for the last three really, months killed her. Exactly. If Bushmaster was really hitting people that hard, like... If he hit Misty that hard, like Misty should have exploded into a thousand pieces. <laughs> How hard? Uh, like, at least have a cracked to, rib or something. We're back yeah. to Spider-Man at the end of Avengers again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a thousand pieces. Oh. Uh, so, so Misty and Luke watch Mariah um, be led away by Ridley. Uh, at the end of this, but Luke says it ain't over yet, and the camera pans tight on Biggie, and we're like, ooh, season finale time. Yep. Biggie should have just winked at the camera at the end. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> That's how I want it. I'm still alive. Gonna see me next episode with Spider Man. Wink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, in the first scene of the finale, Misty and Luke are watching Mariah's trial from the back. Um, they don't really do much in that. There's a lot of other stuff that goes on with Mariah. And then we next see him where he's sitting back in Pops watching the news where Tembi is reporting on the hell returning to Harlem. Um, violent crime has increased 75% since the arraignment of Mariah. And then Professor Jelani Cobb, another great name, comments on the situation of crime in Harlem. And he apparently wrote a New Yorker profile on Luke. And uh, Luke is not happy. He feels like he's being blamed that things are now worse. Yeah. Poor Luke. Dude, I, uh, I don't feel bad for Luke 
at all. <laughs> Ever since that scene with him and Claire and he punched a wall, I have not felt bad for Luke, not once. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Claire's poor PTSD she's going to have after that. Jeez, fucking yeah. Louise. Like, Did you feel bad for Claire in the uh, last scene of the last episode? No, he's doing her the biggest favor of her life by being Did like, hey, don't be near me because he's a psychotic freak. So. I don't think he saw it that way. I think he saw it as, whatever, Claire, look at me. No, I'm the he, big man of, of Island's Paradise. But yeah, it, you're right. He's doing her a favor. Yeah, in this last episode, sorry if this is someone's quote, but he talks about that he, because he's talking about like how much he's lost because of Mariah and this Bushmaster thing and all this stuff. And he goes, I even lost Claire to this shit. And I'm like, no, that's not why you lost Claire, you psychotic mm-hmm. fucking maniac. It's because mm-hmm. you lost your shit and punched a wall because something's wrong with you and you don't feel like dealing with it. That's why you lost Claire. And then he, yeah. he goes on to talk about it after. He's like, oh, yeah, she saw it in me. It's like, yeah, she warned you for like five episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe if his dad was in these episodes, he might have, I don't know, had a bit more of an influence on Luke to not do some maybe. of the stuff he does in these episodes. And I don't know if maybe that was originally the plan. I'm not sure when the actor passed away, like whether he passed away in filming or I, I don't know, but... Because he just suddenly disappears from the series, you know? I will say at the end of that, this episode with that voiceover, I teared up. I was like, oh my god, that's so Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mainly and then when you I saw the, the little... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> too much. So I was like, I love this actor. But anyway, he's great. Sorry. Yeah, I that's just right. have to say, I, I don't... I just, I want to feel bad for Luke, and I just don't. <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> don't have it in me. So Luke is pacing up and down in Pops with Sugar and DW and they're talking about the crime wave. Um, This is when Shades enters um, and he wants to sort of help Luke and Luke's like, "Uh, no, whatever, go away. I don't trust you. Uh, And I'll kill you if I see you again. Um, So, yep. So he's pushed him away. Uh, Then we see Luke going to see Rosalie Carboni um, in a apartment with the sweetest swimming pool I've ever seen in my life. And also a scene that looked like a shot from a video game. It's like, yo, you're beating this level, up the stairs, beat the next one, <laughs> the stairs, beat the next yeah. one. It, it, it felt like Enter the Dragon, that video game from the 80s. I love this apartment, like with that swimming pool that you can see from downstairs. It was so cool. <laughs> I, what I don't love is the weirdness of the paintings on either yes. side of the dining table. What is that about? Nope. You're sitting there trying to eat your dinner, and you've got like these two weird, very creepy paintings looking over you. Yeah, which only distract from the weird, creepy statues that are next to them. Oh, yeah, the whole of it is inside is weird and creepy. I just yeah. love it. It's so over the top. I love it. It's great. Cl- Claire, just because you like this pool, please explain to me, like, are they planning on putting Shamu in that tank? Like, why is there a place <laughs> where you can see from underneath? Like, I, I don't understand. So you can dive down random... and wave at the people at the front door. Yeah. I go, like, look how rich I am, bitches. Yeah, and then there's this one guy sit- sitting down there, I guess, watching people swim i don't don't understand yeah he just likes to watch people swim i also can't imagine rosalie carboni using this pool either yeah you know i don't i don't know 
giant fruit and her weird paintings. Maybe she uses to torture people. Ooh. And let's also not forget that there's like what looks to be like uh, gold balls in the pool when you see the top yeah. of it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. so we're playing uh, gold beach balls. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> What's oh, up, weirdo? <laughs> Since Sammy was on about Luke as a psycho, what about the let's emphasize my point by breaking a finger between each Yeah. Punch. Yeah. I mean, jeez. That was uh, that, that crunching noise. Yeah. That was like, oh, yeah. He has lost it. Like this episode, he's lost yeah. his fucking mind. The bit as well where he just like kind of really gently kicks the guy's ankle. Oh, and then the ankle just completely snaps. Like he just yeah. taps it. It's like, oh. oh, it's horrible. Yeah, that bit with the fingers. Whoa. And he says he'll never stop. Um, what's, uh, what, what's the offer of uh, coffee? Because I know coffee with Luke Cage has generally been a not so subtle emphasis for sex, and he's going, I don't like espresso. And I kind of go, okay, is this double meaning? Is this a what? It's, it's, uh, well, we, yeah, we had to mention espresso and, before, yeah. And, and it, the other it's more espresso. They don't have coffee. Well, I'm sure they have coffee too, but <laughs> espresso is more of an Italian drink. So it, they've talked about like him having. Jamaican coffee, Cuban coffee, all these different types of coffees, meaning different types of women, and this is just their other form. That he's just like, racist against Italians. Exactly. exactly. Uh, also, much. also, my sister-in-law would shoot him because he inserts an X into espresso. Oh yeah, X espresso. Yeah, that's what he says. I noticed it because I said it to my sister-in-law in Portugal one time, and she's like, "There's no X in espresso." I got hit that. Well, this character that he's talking to, um, Rosalie, she—I've got an Easter egg about her. We might see her again. Oh. Mm. Well, so maybe they will have a, a X espresso in future. So, um, towards the end of the episode, uh, Luke is up on his, oh no, this isn't the end of the episode, it's sort of the mid of the episode, sorry. Luke is up on his little uh, roost above the city where he went on his date with Danny, uh, and Sugar meets him, and they talk about um, the killing of Mariah's men, and we get uh, Sugar's origin story that his tuition was paid for by Mariah and Cottonmouth gave him a job. And they talk about how to use power. And did you guys, at what point did you guys go, oh, Luke's going to get Harlem's Paradise? I, it all still doesn't add up for, for me. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> like, I know what we're, we're trying to get to that, like, oh, uh, you, Luke's getting drawn into this. Um, and we're going to go full Godfather by the end of this. But I, it still doesn't complete. I I don't understand what the hell they're doing, because yeah, he gets the club and everything, and we get this idea that oh, he's gonna be the king of Harlem now. But I'm like, what exactly does that mean? Because because mm. when he talks to um, what's her name in the uh, um, uh, shitty painting house, um, <laughs> it's like he's basically like, all right, well, I'm gonna here's the deal they agreed to. Is that they're gonna stay out of his part of Harlem? Is that what's going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, of Harlem, so basically. If the idea is they stay out, how is he like now the head of like Harlem crime or whatever the fuck they're trying to say? Well, I'm guessing yeah. he's not the head of Harlem crime. He's the head of 
he's he's basically the head of Harlem and therefore is negotiating with other crime families in order for them to stay out of Harlem. I guess. Right. Right, but and I and I I under, but like they really play like he's gone really dark by the end of this. Oh, I'm DW like, does, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what is? I feel like we missed a step. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to be that he's dark. I thought it was maybe I misunderstood it. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be that he thinks he's doing good for Harlem, and so he's just keeping crime out of Harlem. So yeah. it's not that he's evil, but the thought is this is going to lead him down I, a path yeah. where he's like, but uh, they, they play it so heavy and then they do the Godfather scene and now we'll get there in a mm-hmm. second. But I, it's just like, I, I feel like they're laying it on way too heavy for what's actually happened. I've never, I've never seen the Godfather. So there's that. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like the, the it's, it's like season five of Angel Tammy with Wolfram and Huff. Uh, now that that I got completely at the end of this episode, I was like, "Is this Angel? Are we now going to watch Angel season five? Is this what's yeah. happening?" Because <laughs> that's because, all I thought it was. <laughs> about halfway through this episode, I was like, "Are they going to do a Wolfram and Huff?" <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, in my that's... notes, it says Mariah has left Luke Wolfram and Huff. I mean, Harlem's Paradise. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the vibe I got. Is that he thought he was angel, and he's he's trying to do some good from within. <laughs> well, perhaps season three will be Danny redeeming him. Yeah, yeah, With and his the, love. The, oh. and as far as him getting Harlem's Paradise, I don't think that I ever thought that that would happen. But it wasn't a surprise either. Like it wasn't yeah. like at the end when it happened, I was was not shocked by it at all. And looking back, I'm like, well, they kind of set up the whole season for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't Why? know. Why? <laughs> How quickly can they undo that in season three? Like, I, uh... I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan of the ending there. So. I hope that they have this as the new Defenders headquarters <laughs> and so they will just be there and they have some awesome um, musical guests and every episode is just the Defenders just eating and, and arguing, <laughs> arguing and just chilling. But yeah, you're awesome. foggy every once in a while. <laughs> I am very, very upset with Luke when he lies to Misty because when they see Alex's body being taken away, rest in peace, Alex, uh, Luke says to Misty that he hasn't seen sugar, and I was like, oh, yeah. "Your pants are on fire, you liar, liar!" Because <laughs> he totally saw sugar. I was like, "Don't go lying to Misty." That's when I was not happy with with him. I was like, "Oh, that's your that's your buddy, that's your Misty, that's your bro." Yeah. Um, but I was happy that he calls Foggy because we get a mention of Foggy. But yeah, why did he lie to Misty? Why is he lying about working with sugar? Makes me very upset. So, uh, next time we see Luke is when he visits Mariah in prison. Um, and he tells her that he's repaired the wall in Harlem, calls himself the Sheriff of Harlem. So, this is a lot of the stuff you were saying, Brad. Like, what, you know, what exactly does he think is happening? Why does he accept Holland's Paradise, you mean? I, I just don't, I, I think it's fine that he accepts it. I, I don't think it matters I, at all. I just don't like the way they're playing it as like, oh, this is this is leading him down the dark road, because no, I, like him punching a wall and him exactly. breaking somebody's hand is yeah. dark, down a dark down the dark road. Like uh, running running a nightclub is not. 
<laughs> people are allowed to run nightclubs. Now he actually just has to work. That's the yeah. real thing. Now, now he has an actual job. Now, instead of just sitting in a barber shop <laughs> and not doing any work, now he has to actually run a business. <laughs> you, you, could, you could say it's a promotion from dishwasher to uh, yeah, <laughs> That's true. This is like yeah. the, if you look at his W twos, um, <laughs> it's all hard than paradise already. <laughs> what do you want, Cash? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's supposed to be like the symbolic no. like uh, stone. He's in a on a dark path, but I agree with you, Brad. I'm like, once even like the ep- couple episodes before he punched the wall, like the first the episode before that or whatever, you could see where it was going with him, where yeah. he. You know, where he almost was so leaned into this whole idea of vigilanteism that his way is the only right way. And then he punches the wall because for him, it's all about him. He's so narcissistic this season. Well, and the other thing that, like, is it it becomes harder and harder to get away from as we watch these more theoretically grounded, like, superhero things is like, all superhero stories are really just like fascist monsters. Like <laughs> there's no way around it. Like they're taking the law into their own hands and hitting yes. people. Like oh, yeah, it's yeah. not okay. Like like Batman punches people that are legally mentally disturbed. Yeah. Like that's his job. Like it's not okay. Well, You're fascist monsters. If you've, if you've ever if you've not seen it, everyone should watch the movie Super. Um, in which uh, Rain Wilson plays the vigilante, the Crimson Bolt. And basically, it's like the reality of if you were a superhero, because his weapon of choice is a, a wrench, I think. And at one point, he's like telling someone off for like cue jumping or something. And he's basically hits this guy in the face with a wrench. And that guy's pretty much got brain damage or something like that. And it shows that to do this kind of stuff, you'd have to be. Yeah, because like, I've. I've... I've put off watching that movie because I had already known about that scene. I'm like, nah, I don't think I can watch that. <laughs> it's yeah. not something. No, it's a dark. It's a dark movie. It's good. Yeah. So I enjoy it, but yeah, it's dark. It, it like is like an awesome Nathan Fillion cameo there. <laughs> uh, Luke Cage does actually. It's it's weird that it's shades that actually references consequences of someone being hit in the head. Yeah. Because the the guy that runs that deli or whatever gets yeah. hit in the head oh, by the back and then yeah, di- okay. di- dies of an aneurysm I'm thinking Shit, is this guy super unlucky he's the only one that gets uh, potentially injured or beaten up with permanent consequences yeah it's interesting because I, t- I know we'll talk about Shades by himself but it's like he's the one, he is the most interesting character this season mm-hmm. for me yeah. so, so amazing alright sorry let's keep That's talking okay. about Luke <laughs> well, we're, in, like, we're towards the end of Luke anyway. This yeah. is when Mariah is coughing up blood. Luke is so revelant, like he's so happy about her dying. He's just like, "Yeah, die, bitch!" It's like, "Whoa, yeah, Luke!" It's it's really crazy. He's he yeah, he's scary this yeah. season. Like it's weird, like seeing where sort of Jessica at the end of season two of Jessica Jones. I feel is like in, in somewhat of a lighter place. Even though she's just lost her mum, but she opens herself up, you know, to possibly pursue a relationship with Oscar. So yeah. she's almost, I don't know, finding a bit of peace where Luke is just, whew, yeah, uh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so, like, I, don't, um, I always love, you know, obviously I love the idea of the two of those guys getting together, but 
Right now, I don't. Oh. I think that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. I just, like we said before, I just love. I love that Luke is so narcissistic yeah. this season yeah. because it makes him yeah. so interesting. Yeah, like so much more than he was before. So back at Pops, um, Sugar, Luke, and DW are discussing Mariah's death. Uh, Sheldon enters, and uh, he's like, "Hey, maybe see you in season three. Bye. See you later." Um, and this is when DW is all upset because he says that Luke, he makes the comment, calls him Luke, Luke Corleone, and also calls him Luke Trump, <laughs> which was funny. Um, and Luke is still, you know, saying, oh, you can't burn me, you can't break me, you can't buy me. But DW says, no, you're a crime boss now, you need to leave Pops because yep. Pops has to be Switzerland. And it's like, absolutely, yeah. And good on Luke for understanding that and leaving. So I think in that respect, Luke does realize that he is doing something dark, you know, like he, he's not going to be, he's not Switzerland anymore, you know, yeah. he is sort of picking something and therefore can't be at um, Pops. But, oh, I felt so bad for DW at this point when he's yeah. begging Luke not to do it. Okay, I know, but it's, but I like that DW like realizes that real quick and kicks him out. Yeah. That's good. I, I wish I wish it. I wish Bobby Fish was back for these apps. Yes. I know. I know. I feel like we had to get rid of Bobby though because like Bobby wouldn't have stood for a lot of this crap. Like yeah. you know, he'd have just been like, no. <laughs> um and I feel like I think I said earlier in the season, we had to get rid of Bobby so the people that Luke relies on are kind of stripped away from him. Yeah. And he sort yeah. of loses everything, you know, uh, for this all to happen. Uh, so next scene is when Luke is given uh, Harlem's Paradise in the will. Um, and at first he doesn't accept. He says that it should be burnt to the ground. But yeah. that doesn't last long because instantly after that there's a performance. And we're like, oh, I guess he changed his mind. And now it's Luke standing in the Harlem's Paradise office with Biggie's crown on his head. Uh, yeah. Brief shot, which was kind of amazing. Just before uh, they take down that, that photo and they put up a photo of Muhammad Ali instead. Um which was a very cool photo. I like that it references the opening credits with the, you know, the fist. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, and Luke talks with Misty. Uh, Luke says that they can protect Harlem because crime has already been reduced, but Misty says, what about the law? And that she will take him down if he acts like a fool. And uh, then he is chatting to Sugar um, and they're excluding Misty. And, and then they do a shot-for-shot shot remake of The End of the Godfather. I can't even remember what shot-for-shot shot it bit it was. Tell it's me. A, Is it the bit so, with the closing door? Yeah, with Diane Keaton. Is like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, Pacino's right. like, um, no, I'm not involved with uh, organized crime at all. It's like, and then, it's, <laughs> and then uh, um, like Abe Vigoda walks in and she steps outside and just watches. Oh, you're so right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's dead-on shot-for-shot. Yeah, shot it I can I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, and then at the end he tells Claire he tells Sugar to tell Claire to go home, and then he kind of looks uncomfortable and heads into the office. And we hear Luke and James talking about power and pain, and then it ends with Luke looking at the audience directly, and then it says episode dedicated to Reg E Kathy, and I cried a bit. That's sad. Yeah, so. Anything else to say about Luke? I mean, we said, like, a lot. I mean, 
it definitely sets it up to be interesting for season three. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but like, yeah, like they've made, they've given him character and made him interesting, but oh, he's, he's scary. He's a scary dude. I know I'm, I don't like it. Everyone's speechless. No, I, yeah, I, like just when he's like so dismissive of um, Misty, and he has her walk out, and just the way he's handling everything, and the fact that he didn't burn this place to the ground, and I mean, it, like I said, it just cements where they sent, they were putting him this entire season. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I was, I was not happy about it at all. When Matt Murdock comes back. He's going to have some things to say about this. He's going to put him in his place. I'm shocked Danny is not already saying things about this. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like, Luke will tell Sugar to tell Claire to go home. Claire will go back to Colleen and Danny and be like, oh, this is happening. And then Danny will just come around and just slap some sense into Luke. I mean, I'm sure Misty's already been talking to them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Luke will appear in Iron No, I don't think he'll appear in Iron Fist. But I don't know when they're going to well, bring uh, this... I mean, Iron, Iron Fist uh-huh. appeared in Luke. They should reciprocate. Maybe. I don't know. The fact that Iron Fist is only ten episodes, and they've got to squeeze a lot into those ten episodes by the sounds, I don't know if they have time for a Luke episode as well. I have utterly avoided all promotion and trailers and everything on Iron Fist. I think where, nice. September. Yes, yeah, September. So we, we have a few weeks after this before we start. On. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not very long. But we have yeah. three weeks off, I think. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Misty next, because there's a little bit about Misty. Um, so when we first see Misty, I think is when um, she and Ridley are going to interrogate Shades. And... Misty has to try and convince um, Ridley that it's worth it uh, getting the, the feds to make Shades an offer. Um, there isn't really that much with Misty in these episodes apart from sort of talking to Luke. I'm just thinking, is there anything in particular you guys wanted to bring up about Misty? Uh, only one I brought up already in that she seems impervious to injury after Bushmaster. <laughs> in an area which I shall say is delicate. She's got an iron crotch Cop. as well. Yeah, she's going to come. I, I didn't want to use the C word. I was going to use <laughs> I, I was going to be PG-13, but nope. <laughs> she's just coated herself in metal. You know. Uh, I do like the scene where she's talking to Shades about Comanche's death. And she's so disgusted by Shades. I love, I love like, the interplay between these two. Yeah. And how gleeful yeah. she is when she arrests uh, Mariah. Like she, she loves it. She's been obsessing for the previous eleven episodes. So, yeah. <laughs> and then finally, she's like, "I get to arrest her, yay!" And when yeah. she goes but, to Harlem's Paradise at the end, she looks hot. Oh, she <laughs> does. So, I mean, between her and I know Tilda looks a bit like Minnie Mouse with that hair, but her and Tilda both look so gorgeous at the end. But I love Misty's hair at the end, like all tied up. And she's just got her robot arm out. She's just like, yeah, it's my robot arm. I own it. <laughs> I own it. Yeah, but and she's it, wearing red, which is but her. But Tilda looks color. like the nightshade character from the comics at the end, right? Uh, so. uh, Tammy, no opening your Easter eggs yet. It's not Easter yet, Tammy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Put it back. 
Tammy, well, put look, it back in the wrapper. Com- you commented on how she looked, so I'm just saying. <laughs> put it back in the wrapper, Tammy. You, wrap it back you started it, Claire. <laughs> yes, but, but yeah, true. Long <laughs> finish it. <laughs> All right, you can fix it in post. <laughs> Let's talk about Bushmaster then instead, because with Misty, there isn't really much to say. I mean, we see her boxing at the end as, you know, a sort of his setting her up for next series, but... I guess it's that she's now comfortable with her robot arm. But that's it, really. I don't know. I mean, they don't, you know, and she's going to be against Luke, maybe. That's all they really. Yeah, I think the only thing I had to say is how how good her acting was. Like when they, she's talking to Shades and um, she had to take that break afterward when he was talking about Candace. Oh, yes. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Like, it's so good when you have that tracking shot. And yeah. she goes out to get the drink of water and she just kind of breaks down for a minute yeah. and then just like holds it in and then walks back in. Such yep. a good tracking shot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's brilliant in it as well. Like I think she's great in this role. Um, let's talk about Bushmaster. Were you guys surprised that Bushmaster wasn't the one to take Mariah down in the end? No. No, it, it did. I mean, like it's fairly clear, especially from where, from the way Tildy was helping Bushmaster, that she really, really hates some other. Yeah, because it's not that she likes Bushmaster; she hates Bushmaster as well. She just hates her mum more. Although more she surprised. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Brad. I was more surprised that Bushmaster lived through the series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he could maybe come back. I I thought. For sure, he would die. Particularly as they just kept going on about how the nightshade was killing him, and then he's going to have that super duper nightshade, and all oh, that's going to kill him, and all this kind of thing. I thought for sure it was going to kind of be this sort of sad thing that he destroyed his life trying to get vengeance, and never actually managed to get it. You know. Well, I, I will. I will say, as I say, he went out not with a bang, but with a whimper, and a yeah. bad song. It's not it's not the way I expected him to leave the series. Oh, but it's the way I wanted him to leave. I I didn't want him to die. (laughs) I did not I didn't want him to go out. I I didn't But I don't I I'm like you Claire, like I don't understand with all this nightshade in his body, like how because even like that stuff that Tilda gives him, she gives him which is stupid. She gives him gives him this whole syringe and was like, but don't take all of it because that could kill you. And I'm like, then why are you giving him a full syringe of it? Like, just <laughs> well, she give says, him don't take he... it all at once. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Why? Save why some for giving... later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give, give, give him a ser- syringe. <laughs> <laughs> do we swear in this podcast? Yes. Of course. Well, I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm used to my I, I'm used to I had six years of Mike giving out to me every time I used the F word so oh I'm Irish I fucking swear constantly uh, yay <laughs> yeah I yeah. that but I, but I also think like I don't think that Tilda hated Bushmaster at all she even just started calling him Johnny instead of Bushmaster oh yeah true yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see uh, caught in a subsequent series of horror in Jamaica. Well, he's going to go and recover in Delaware. I was like Delaware. What? <laughs> they say at the end that he's going to Delaware, and I was like, why? Is he, why? Why is anyone what? going to Delaware? <laughs> well, yeah, why would anyone want to go to Delaware? What's there? Yeah, what, like, well, that, why that's right. 
That's why it's good for recovery. It's boring. (laughs) (laughs) Boring and peaceful. Yeah, I was like, uh, the scene where Sheldon is telling um, John uh, Johnny that he doesn't want him to die because he's all he's got left. Oh, yeah. Doesn't want to lose him. That's why I really thought that, like, he was going to die and it was going to be this whole thing that, you know, he's saying he can't lose, he's going to give Gwen justice. And I thought it was going to be this whole comment on sometimes you can't get justice, Um, you know, and he's, like, lost everything, including his life, trying to pursue vengeance and it hasn't got him anywhere and it's kind of like a tragic story. for You know, that he was this character who, if they just left him alone wouldn't have grown yeah. up to, he could have grown up to be anything and this is what he became and it's, you know, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's there's kind of like a nice, I, I guess, a, a poetry to him being the monster that the Stokes created and then he takes them down, I guess. But I like they went in a different direction that he doesn't get to take Mariah down. He doesn't even really get to input at all. Like nothing he really does is in part of taking her down. Really, it's down to shades. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing... The the only thing is that he kind of set Tilda on this path to take her mom down, so... True, yeah. And in some ways, that's better than him killing Mariah, is to have her own daughter kill her. Oh, yeah, it's harsh. Uh, the scene in which he goes into Harlem's Paradise and he's fighting all those guys down the corridor, I was like, oh, it's totally like Old Boy and I love it. It was another good tracking shot. Particularly yeah. as they reference Old Boy in one of these episodes. I thought that was a really good episode, uh, a really good little fight scene there. And he's just going crazy when he's trying to break into the lane. He's like denting the door. Oh, it's oh, crazy, yeah. Scary, man. Yeah. And the last time we see him, he doesn't look well. And they sort of send him off to Delaware to die of boredom. Are you ah. sure it's Delaware? Like, yes. Yeah, that's what they said. They say what? Delaware. But yeah, he yeah. says that um, <laughs> that's where Anansi's body is, and he says they're leaving New York because it seems too hot. So why they're going to Delaware, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's unless like the the credits, the um, whatever the subtitles oh. are wrong. No, because I heard Delaware. Oh, Delaware, Jamaica. Cool, 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 cool. What? Maybe they're going to Delaware and then to Jamaica. But Delaware. Yeah, I know. I, 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 that's so weird. Yeah. Is is Delaware famous for Jamaicans? I don't know. No, that would be Jamaica. (laughs) I know nothing about Delaware. There isn't anything to know about Delaware. Exactly. I know Delaware was in Wayne's World, and that was it. Isn't isn't Kevin Smith from there? Kevin Smith? Isn't he from New Jersey? I thought he was from New Jersey, but maybe, I don't know. Let's talk about Mariah and Tilda, because I feel like we have a lot to say about Shades. So let's talk about Mariah and Tilda. So we first see Mariah when she's at the auction doing the loudest meeting of crime bosses ever in a really quiet auction house. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's talking so loud just about, I want to unite all the crime bosses. Do you hear that, everyone? <laughs> Good. Like, yikes. Yeah, I, crazy. 
I didn't know that. I was just like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? Like, why are it they is quite in cool public? that she's... Yeah. I, I like, though, that she's, like, auctioning this thing off. It's, what was it? Um, W.E.B. Dubois, The Souls of Black Folks, published yeah. in three with his, like, little corrections. And I like that she's auctioning that. And if they make a bid, then that's them. You know, whoever wins the book, that's a placeholder. And then she's just going to get it back anyway. I was like, oh, that's quite cool of a way to show their, I don't know, their loyalty, their interest. Um, but can we talk about the thing that they were selling just before that book, that, which was a violin that they sold for $25 million? Like, like, it's a violin. Why is it worth $25 million? What was this violin made of, Brad? Um, Brad? Do we, do we <laughs> know if it was a haunted violin, maybe? <gasps> maybe there's a spooky ghost. It was made so you're bidding for the ghost as well? Well, the ghost comes with the violin. It's, it's oh. you know. I mean, let's be honest. You're bidding on the ghost. You're bidding on a ghost. <laughs> but it's not. But ghost slavery is not allowed. So the way we yeah. get around that when you're a rich asshole is you buy the violin that, that's being haunted by the ghost. <laughs> I didn't see it. I was like it the it. world's smallest violin that the ghost <laughs> is living in? Is that they didn't even say it was a violin. They said it was, they just had a picture of it. And yeah. I was like. Wait, that's what went for $25 million? Oh, oh no, it's it's up there. Um, You see a woman, like, um, polishing it, like, oh, as they're discussing it. Yeah, there's a shot. You see a woman actually, like, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. If this is $25 million, like, what, was it not clean before? <laughs> What's happening? Why is, why is there dust? Why are you polishing? Yeah, shouldn't Maybe it be sealed like, hey, and I something? I want to pay for that, that authentic dust. <laughs> it's like, um... Should anyone be touching this? It's a twenty-five million dollar violin. Twenty-five million dollars. Oh, hold oh. on. Let me just let me buff this up. Can we get it up to twenty-six? Huh? Look at that shine. <laughs> Look at that they shine. They put a bit of spit and, spit and polish on it. They're like, no. Imagine. Imagine having so much money that you want to spend twenty-five dollars, twenty-five million dollars on a violin that this woman. According to according to a quick Google. Uh, Stradivarius violins are estimated to sell for more than $45 million, so 25 what? is quite reasonable. <laughs> what? You're what? getting a steal, really, at this <laughs> that's, why they that's why they're polishing it. <laughs> yeah, 20, is 25 that, is cheap. Particularly as this one's got a ghost in it. It's a margin. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's the ghost of uh, Sherlock Holmes. He played the violin. Um, also, I've been trying to Google mm -hmm. why Bushmaster went to Delaware, and apparently it was just to take a boat from Delaware, um, so yeah. back to Jamaica. So he's <laughs> he's going with his aunt, and they're taking a Nazi's body, and they're getting a boat from Delaware back to Jamaica. Okay, back that's the reason better. you go to Delaware to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm sure they just don't want to leave from New York because what he says is you know it's hot there right mm -hmm. now, like that you know they're everyone's looking for them, so they're not trying to probably go to the docks or whatever where the ships are um out of new york Makes well no it's also actually, it's, all the superheroes hang out yeah, it's just all it's just really hot i mean you know you, you can put on a hat or something but still <laughs> you just want to get on the boat when it feels nice outside because it's gonna be a long ride <laughs> true oh so, Sorry, that was really bothering me too that he went to Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Delaware. It's me birthright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the Panera Bread. 
Uh, next time we see, because we'll include Tilda with Mariah, uh, when we see Tilda, she's gone to Cottonmouth's grave and um, is talking about how he's the only one that she could count on. Um, she knows who she is now. She's a product of rape, incest, murder, and a Stokes twice over. I was like, Ugh. yeah, that's got a bit, got to be a lot to take in. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so, and let's not forget she's also a fake doctor. Yeah. And a fake doctor. Well, she's a fake doctor. She's, she's a real doctor turned fake doctor, which is worse. <laughs> oh, you mean she's, embra- she's embraced woo-woo magic. Yeah, yeah she's embraced oh. the woo-woo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke enters, so it, Luke enters Tom's Paradise, so he's going to see Mariah. And this is when she looks like she's about to kiss him because she's everyone's stroking Luke's face, like like um, Rosalie yeah, and Mariah. So. Yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly Luke is their walking hot chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah, walking hot chocolate. First chance I get, I'm stroking his face. <laughs> so then later, Tilda visits Sheldon and Bushmaster. And tells Bushmaster that Mariah, um, it was Mariah herself that lit the match for her Nancy. And this is when, like, Bushmaster grabs her and is like, why would you come here? Why would you come here? And uh, she says, because I want you to kill Mariah for everyone's good. And this is when she's like, oh, by the way, there's all these secret passages. Which don't know that secret, because one of them is just off the street, down, like, some yeah. stairs. Like, yeah. And you can hear the music from the club. So it looks like it's just around the back from the club. So it's not really a secret passage. Um, also, she well knows that place is full of people. Um, oh, yeah. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's garbage. Yeah, she doesn't care. She's, she's the she's, worst. She's becoming the the monster she wishes to defeat, Brad, or something. She's uh, already <laughs> the monster. Always, she was always the biggest monster of the season. <laughs> She's the biggest monster for you. Uh, so then we see the next thing we see um, Mariah is. Uh, when is it? Oh, it's when um, Shades goes to see <laughs> Mariah. Also, uh, this is in Harlem's Paradise, and I've never noticed before, but they it has now has zebra print walls, and I really like it. I was like, look at that wallpaper; it's so fancy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. Uh, Shades uh, takes his glasses off and puts them on again, and um, and then this is Mariah's like, "Have you been crying?" <laughs> Shades is like, no. I, I, I just really wanted the musical sting from the start of CSI Miami when he took his glasses off. <laughs> Someone should uh, should edit that. The amount of times he takes his glasses off. That would be amazing. So good. Um, and he wants to talk to Mariah in the office because uh, obviously he wants to go and get the gun. But um, Mariah wants to sit and watch the performance. And I thought, like, I don't know if you agree with this, Tammy, with your Tam Jams, but this particular song, which has a lot of gunfire sound effects in it, is that a good yeah. choice to play in Harlem's Paradise where there's been multiple <laughs> shootouts? Well, if I was in Harlem's Paradise, I was like one of those bartenders who probably has major PTSD. As soon as any of those gunfire sound effects happen, I'd be like, it is, <laughs> it is at like their peace and peace and unity festival or whatever they're calling this event. But but I I, 
I don't have it up, the lyrics or anything, but I think the rap is talking about, like, uh, gun violence and mm-hmm. just, like, how terrible all of this stuff is. So it's saying that it's all negative, at least. <laughs> I just feel like a lot of those bartenders, like, are freaking out at this point. Oh, they're used to it, you know? <laughs> I love the Mariah Mouths, I told you so, to Luke. I love that she's wearing all white. She looks great. <laughs> did you like her huge sleeves, though, Tammy? I did. I actually didn't mind. I didn't mind the huge sleeves on this at all. Although yeah. she did look a little quantum leapy to me. <laughs> I thought she looked quantum leapy with that neckline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's about to leap into the quantum leap accelerator and vanish. Exactly. <laughs> so she never died in this episode. She just leaped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, have, me- have we snuck into Calavacci by accident? No, we could do. Oh, we didn't record it today, so yeah, we'll bring up Quantum Leap at least. Shade and Mariah enter the lair and stand in front of the painting with the two crowns briefly over their heads and kiss. And then Mariah pulls the gun on Shades because she doesn't trust him. Uh, she finds the wire on him, uh, and this is when they the room gets attacked and she's almost. Uh, I, I have to assume that once the door closes, the wire is cut off. Oh, it must be, yeah. They're like super deep underground as well, or deepish underground. I wouldn't imagine that Misty could hear anything at that point. Well, she, uh, did hear, she did hear her mentioning it. She said, what the hell is all there? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys like Mariah's little speech in court where she basically turns into Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men? Which is like, you yeah. need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. Yeah. And she and I love that the judge is disgusted by her uh, talking about Katrina, making references to Katrina. Yeah. And the judge is like, uh, no. It's a yeah. real crazy speech. Yeah. It's so crazy. All right, all right. All right. Okay, I'm ready to sentence you. Oh, could, can I just say something for a second? Um, All <laughs> hell's about to break loose. Okay, not helping your case. <laughs> so you should just release me because, you know, you should. You might as well. <laughs> it was basically what she was saying. <laughs> uh, when Missy visits Tilda in the shop, Tilda is a super shifty and it's obvious she's hiding Bushmaster. She's the shiftiest. And this is when Bushmaster tells Tilda that evil won't die on its own and Mariah must burn. And then Tilda's like, hmm, I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, so in prison, Mariah is led into a corridor uh, by a guard who is immediately killed by two inmates uh, who throw petrol on Mariah for Rosalie Carboni. And then those inmates are immediately killed by Kalinda's. Uh, pe- pe- people, die at, people die at a rate that makes the elite guard in the Swords of Chinara seem good. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, there's just like. <laughs> So many dead inmates in this scene. This scene was amazing because when this woman walked out, I was like, oh, I wonder if she's somebody. And I was like, I was about to like, maybe I should Google to see if this is like somebody um, from the comments or something. It's like, oh, wait, no, nope, nope. never mind. <laughs> my- Bye. <laughs> so good. It's so good. And my, my favorite bit of this whole scene is when um, Mariah is killed Kalinda and then she's like, right, clear up this shit. And then one of the one of the like little goons is just kind of like, oh, okay then. And just is like resigned to, oh, another day, another dollar, cleaning up all these bodies. 
oh well i just loved it <laughs> just the look on her face was amazing well, another day, another twenty thousand dollars. Another twenty thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> She's just like do 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 do. Uh, so Mariah puts the hit out on everyone that ever worked with her, um, except for Tilda, surprisingly, because Tilda is blood. Uh, Donovan and Sugar, because Sugar's wife lent her clothes. Oh, bit of a Goodfellas reference there. Oh, was it? Well, uh, when. Right, as like kill everyone. I, ju- I just felt it was a bit of a nod to that scene where Joe Pesci. Oh, there is actually a call out directly to um, Goodfellas in this episode, mm. um, which I'll get to in the Easter eggs. But I, I like Goodfellas and like like films like that and Godfather. Like I've seen them a couple of times and they just go out of my head. Like I can't remember anything about them. You know, they just don't stick in my head like films like The FP and Miami Connection. You know, the real classics. What? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Dreamcatcher and... Oh, and Dreamcatcher, And the boy who could fly, obviously. And the boy who could fly. And Monkey Shines. Don't forget Monkey Shines. All these classic movies, listeners. Uh, So Alex uh, frantically enters Tilda's shop begging for help. Um, But Tilda says she can't help him. And then the next thing we see is Alex is dead and his mum's screaming. And that's really sad. And that's when I think Tilda has had enough and uh, calls the uh, the prison to make a phone call to go and see Mariah. I guess, but it's not like she didn't know Alex was going to die. Alex yeah. went to yeah. see her and she turned him away. So, exactly. fuck you, yeah. Tilda. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you right. well, Man, that is cold. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm yeah. going to turn you away so you get killed. Oh, I can't believe you got killed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, cause and effect. Exactly. Uh, so we see Tilda making something red involving nightshade, and the name of it. What was the name of it again? It's. I wrote it down somewhere. Beso della de, Beso della Arana is the recipe, kiss. which translates as "kiss of the spider." Yeah. Uh, so we obviously know it's going to be poison, and it has a picture of nightshade in it. Um, I like blood red, so there's and it's that. blood. <laughs> so Tilda's sitting opposite Mariah in the prison. Um, this scene is amazing. Like both these actresses, I think, are amazing. Like Mariah is still so confident that she can get out of there, and Tilda just absolutely hates her. She's just like quivering with rage. Like she is later as well when the will is read out, and she oh, finds yeah. out that Luke has Harlem's Paradise, and she's just oh, she's so angry. I love it. I would like to pocket up for a nice kiss. As soon as she... And this whole argument of Mariah saying she made Tilda strong by pushing her away. Oh, that's such a bullshit argument. Oh, I hate that. People go, well, you know, I beat you when you were a kid, but at least I made you strong. Oh, thank you. Like, it's... Oh, I hate that. It's just Mm. awful. Um, And as soon as she kissed Mariah, were you like, oh, she dead? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. But um can we just like listen, do not kiss your parent on the lips. <laughs> Especially not if you if you learn that you are an incest baby. No. <laughs> Stop it. Yes. Till the uh, am I spying your sex by saying she totally fireflied her? She did. She did. It's uh I, I never trust when people 
do like a, like a kiss like this and it's really lingered on, I always think they're like up to something shifty, particularly as we know that Tilda's all about poisons and stuff. And I like that she almost like hints, uh, she almost like clues Mariah into the fact that she was lying by calling her mother. And Mariah realises that she's lying. So I wonder if that's Tilda kind of putting a little bit of doubt into Mariah's head. So Mariah kind of realises that she's perhaps going to, Tilda's perhaps killed her. So in that screenshot, by the way, of like when Tilda is making that stuff, like you can read her the recipe for it. And mm-hmm. it's pretty gross. <laughs> so well, it, causes, it. it causes uh, internal hemorrhaging in the lungs and in the intestines. Well, it's so gross. And it's so something about, I mean, some of it's in like cursive so I can and it's a little blurry on the screenshot but it's like something about I guess you breathe it in so she kisses her on the lips but really it's her breathing that in that's killing her so how does it not kill Tilda yeah I don't know I'm assuming we find out Tilda's dead but I think Tilda like put something you know to or has an antidote or she puts it on her lips so it doesn't go in but then if you breathe it in it should have affected her she never licks her lips seriously she never breathes in air through yeah, her mouth. She didn't breathe for like, you know, two hours. She must have the antidote or and something. It's, and it, it would have been great if she walked into the club at the end and then just fell down dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's supposedly four poisonous plants that's made out of. Oh. So not so including obviously nightshade, but. And mm. she has to cook it over a light. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and now Tammy's gonna go make some. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I need. I, I've got stuff to do. I'm gonna have Tammy, to get out. Is Tammy's gonna go and make some of that. And uh, what's that, Tammy? You're booking a a trip to DC. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> oh my god. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I love that Mariah realizes it's Tilda that killed her. Yeah, I love that because I think she is surprised. I think she never thought it would be Tilda, and Mariah's last. Words are we ain't done yet, Luke. Uh, it's always the person you like, you least. I'll be back. I'm going to haunt a violin. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tilda's singing a song about everything that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about this little musical moment, guys, where Luke Cage turns into a musical because I love it. I mean, it's it's so on the nose. It's like it's just everything, like. I, it's it's too much. It's too fucking much. <laughs> never, never. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, guys, we're talking about uh, Luke Cage on a podcast <laughs> right now. Should we just keep going for like five minutes? We were talking about haunted violins. And there's Will and Alan and Tammy and me and Brad. What is that? What? <laughs> All right, I just killed somebody. Let's sing a song about this. About I just killed somebody. Uh, Family First Initiative. Uh, Luke Cage. La la. What? What? <laughs> Brad, look. Do you not like people randomly bursting into song in films? Come on, come on, Brad. I, I just feel like there are two in one episode. There are two songs summarizing the facts of what has already <laughs> happened. Like if they just want to burst into song, fine. But like, could you not burst into summary? 
It's exhibition through exposition through music. <laughs> yes, when we saw the exhibition Broadway, Brad, like, like you know, who's going to be laughing then, Brad? Huh? It's fine it if it's the opening number. It's not <laughs> fine if it's the last act. And then it's like, all right, guys, let's review everything that just happened. <laughs> just in case anyone stepped out for the first three-fourths of the performance. <laughs> Did you at least like uh, Tilda's Minnie Mouse hair in the last scene? Sure. Love it. <laughs> does, that, like, does that mean that you now love her character? No, she's trash. <laughs> her to the ground. So I am really going to miss Mariah in the next season. I'm not going to lie, guys. Because like, like if the villain is going to be Tilda, I like the actress, but I don't think she's a strong enough villain on her own. Maybe she'll team up with Bushmaster and he'll come back. But like, he's got nothing really against Luke Luke Cage without Mariah being there. So I don't know. I thought for sure that um, um, Comanche's mother was going to shoot Shades before the end of this. Oh, well, that would have been good. Oh, Gina. No, Janice. Janice. Anyway. Let's talk about Shades. Let's talk about Shades laughing it up in the uh, interrogation room while he's being oh interrogated. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he, Can we have him play the Joker? It would be like great. A, like a lovable psychopath. <laughs> he's, a, he's an unapologetic psychopath, though. He, know, he knows it. he's evil. He do, he's, he really has. Anyway, he's more of a sociopath. Sociopaths are not conscious. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's gleefully evil, and it's great. It's so great. As a friend of mine said of Alan Rickman, he could save the movie by literally shoving all of the scenery into his mouth and gnawing on it like a deranged woodchuck. Oh, you mean like uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? The greatest yes. performance of Alan Rickman's life? <laughs> Oh, and one of the greatest films. Uh, I love that he just doesn't care enough that, you know, he's just having a little nap in the interrogation room. Yeah. He's just like, hey, whatever. I, I actually was dead for a second. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> he I just actually, came in and died. <laughs> I accidentally heart condition. I caught season one, episode 12 by accident, about 15 minutes of it, and he's doing the same thing. He's been arrested. He's sitting in the holding cell and he's asleep. And Misty's, cap- Misty's captain says, you know, this guy uh, knows what's going on and he's relaxed. So he's taking the opportunity yeah, yeah. to sleep. Yeah. yeah. He just, and he literally just confesses to everything. Mm-hmm. And he thinks he's got like the upper hand on Misty and Ridley, um, obviously just by everything. But it's only really when they show the photos of Nancy's death that he gets kind of shaken and kind of freaked out by it and can't even look at the photo. And then they bring in Janice and she just, after yeah, he, he talks about so Comanche, she just spits at him. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, because he looks remorseful at that point. And I love that he didn't even know that it was that gun that killed Pete. I was like, really? Like, he would have known that, shouldn't he? Well, so it, it's not gun. like he would have been around when Pete was killed, so. True. <laughs> he probably it's never true. thought about who that gun has killed. He just mm-hmm. knew that um, uh, Mariah liked to have it around. She didn't want to ever let it go. So, 
I want to just mention my favourite scene with Shades in these episodes, which is where he's talking to Mariah and he just flat out says to her, this is your fault. You know, all we had to do was sell that painting or you just yeah. had to let me have the club or, you know, whatever. And we could have ruled together forever. So this is all down to you. I love that scene so much. So good. Yeah. Because it's absolutely true. He's great. He's yeah. so good. And he walks away from her. Yeah. And this is when she genuinely buries her head in her hands and cries. Yeah. And he says she sold her soul. What What else do you want to say about Shades, Tammy? Just, just I think, like, out of all the characters, I think he's been, like, the most interesting this season. And out of the ones that have been in season one and season two, I think his arc has been the most interesting. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, Luke is going down whatever this dark path, quote-unquote, that he's going down, like, it's it's not as interesting as Shades or Mariah, to be honest. Yeah. It's not. I, th- I think Shades is the eternal lieutenant. I see no reason he won't team up with Dilda in season three. Yeah. He could. She she doesn't seem to like him, though, so I don't know. Oh, he, yeah. He'll, he'll inveigle his way in. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they throw words like inveigle. <laughs> and, and the, the uh, sorry, just that, sorry, I know it's not Chase, but that scene with Mariah and the lawyer in the jail. Yeah. Uh, any other comments? Do you think that they're going to be able to put Shades, like, really, like, put him back behind bars? Because, I mean, we, we his whole thing ends with him being arrested. I so. would hope that they have him in season three. I just don't know how, because I would like to see how his character further develops. Yeah. Maybe he actually does become the shades of the comics and gets a new pair of shades that shoot laser beams out of them and he fights like I like it. Yeah, that would be good. Let's do that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope he's in season three because I would like there to be a through line with, you know, between with characters between season one and three and now we've got rid of Mariah. I would like it to kind of carry on, her stories carry on through Tilda and Shades, but not necessarily together, you know? Can we, I, oh. now, can we get a, um, Kingpin and Shades together in prison now? <gasps> oh, yes, please. Just them whispering to each other like, oh. hey, my name's Shades, hey, my name's Wilson Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to go for a date? Yes, I would. <laughs> I was wondering if you would mm, possibly be interested in uh, mm, possibly mm, going for coffee sometime. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, I like that Tilda decides, much like Mariah, she's going to change her last name. <laughs> she, yeah. she also does not want to be a Stokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the last time we see Shades before he's arrested. He's sitting in the park looking at a sad little photo, which I'm guessing is him, yeah. uh, Manchi, and the other guy whose name I can't remember. Romeo. But it looks like yeah. Romeo. Romeo yeah. He's, he's looking at like a, a little photo of his favorite boy band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely some kind of like CD cover or something. <laughs> it's so funny. I would love it if like when they were kids, they made their own little band and this was their promo photo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other comments, guys? Like, thoughts on, you know, where season three might go? Well, given that season one had Luke Cage being taken off the jail, 
and season two had Luke Cage not in jail. I see no reason why they can't just go brief exposition, this happened off scene, and here's Shades again. I hope so. They have precedent. Yeah. Just have just have him back in it. That would be great. I want I want him to be in it. He's he's becoming like I didn't really like him in season one, but he is becoming like one of my favourite supporting characters. Yeah. He's like sure. he's like the, the Ward Meacham of Luke Cage, and <laughs> that I just love watching him. You know, he does for some reason. Maybe it's the actor who reminds me of the guy that plays Captain Cold, and that was in Prison Break. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Wentworth Miller. Yeah, yeah, he he just there's just something about him that uh, I the first time I saw him I was like, oh, it's Wentworth. No, it's not. It's a different guy. Yeah, I can see that. I can see why. They, I mean, they both look similar when they have like the buzz cut hair. Mm-hmm. But they've yeah they've got a similar way of performing I think, particularly yeah. when uh, Captain Cold was in Prison Break. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. not yeah. when he's Captain Cold and no. he's oh, Captain a Cold. weird accent. What are you <laughs> talking about, Flat? <laughs> well, Flat. It's Captain me, Cold. Captain Cold. It's just the way he talks. It's not really an accent. It's just like his delivery. The way he talks is so bizarre. He talks it's like it's the, the 1940s. It's the, it is wonderful. It's, it's amazing, <laughs> but it is not the way a normal person speaks at all. What do you all. mean, Tammy? Are you saying that Captain Cold talks <laughs> abnormally? <laughs> all right, Flash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me want to watch it now. It's I mean, so it's a, it's a serious acting choice that he did. That, that I don't think he realized how long he was going to have to stay with that choice. <laughs> oh, it's like Misha Collins in Supernatural. Then, Tammy. Yes, exactly. He's like, my first appearance. I'm going to talk like this. Oh crap! I've now been in twelve seasons. I still have to talk like this. <laughs> oh. This show's so, never going to end, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, never, it's not ever going to end. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I'm still about three episodes into season six. The only <laughs> thing that will be, uh, you know, exist post-apocalypse, you know, when everything <laughs> is destroyed is cockroaches and supernatural. <laughs> It'll still be going. <laughs> right, let's talk about some Easter eggs, guys. <laughs> Tammy, you can now wrap your Easter egg. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So, in the first one, Nightshade's costume uh, is pretty similar to what we see Tilda wearing at the end of uh, the last episode with the big Minnie Mouse hair. Yeah, it's great. Uh, which I quite like. Uh, DW has a new t-shirt design with uh, chains on it, and that is a reference to the first ever comic book cover featuring Luke and the chain belt that he used to wear. I wish she still wore a chain belt. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, Rosalie Carboni is played by Annabella Ciora. C- I think you say her name. And she is a minor character from the Punisher comics. So she- Oh, is that thunder? Yeah. Storm- Storm's brewing. Storm's brewing. <laughs> Don't go down that way, Lois. <laughs> uh, Sugar calls uh, Yang old boy at one point. Uh, which is actually really racist because old boy was Korean um, sugar, get it right. But also they kind of reference the old boy fight later on with Bushmaster, as I mentioned. Um, the photo portrait of Muhammad Ali on that Luke puts on the wall is by the photographer Thomas Hopker. Uh, it's quite a famous image of him. And the last one, Shades refers to 
uh, beating Luke up in prison, Billy Bats style. And I'm going to read this uh, verbatim from uh, Den of Geek, where I get the Easter eggs from because I didn't have time to write it down. Uh, so it says, uh, quote, Shade says they beat Luke down Billy Bats style. Billy Bats was the street name of William Bent, Bent, Bent Vena, a Gambino family mobster whose murder at the hands of Tommy DeSimone was immortalised in a notoriously brutal scene in Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. And if you didn't already know this, then go get your fucking shine box. So that was the reference to Goodfellas um, that you reminded me about, Alan. Okay. Oh, very dramatic. I like everything I'm saying is being punctuated <laughs> by thunder. It's very dramatic. It, it, well, it, so it wasn't uh, Billy probably. Bats and it was Billy Bats. Yeah. Billy oh, Bats. The, Billy the Bats theme, star. Uh, the theme for our con next year is Overwhelm, so I appreciate the appropriate thunder punctuations <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for quotes uh brad allen you are our guest do you have any quotes at this point i'm barely conscious um i got one um if you're born to hang you can't drown <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> uh, and that, uh, if you absolutely have to i suppose i'll go with the easiest one i can remember Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. I have one which is Luke and Sugar. What's the word, Sug? It ain't Shabba, it's Satan's niece. I was like, <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> Me. What does any of that mean? <laughs> I want someone, to, when someone says to me, what's the word, I'm going to say, it ain't Shabba. Uh, I keep any, saying any Ross Clot when I'm talking to my dog <laughs> lately. <laughs> Ross Clot. <laughs> oh, poor Reese. <laughs> I know. Uh, I wrote down, you're like Uber for thugs. Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I have one which is Mariah and Shades, which is, you've been crying? Allergies. I'm allergic to bullshit. I was like, <laughs> all right, Shades. All right, whatever. <laughs> that was a bit clunky. Uh, I've got you are my dark chocolate boy scout. Like yes, yes you are. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quote by Tammy to Luke. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't actually in the episode at all. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I have any other quotes. I didn't feel like there was that many yeah, in these episodes. Just loose. Uh, why don't you two kill each other and get it over with so I can get some goddamn sleep? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. He seemed a little. And cranky. then we have uh, we have. Um, Luke and Mariah, where she says, it burns, and Luke says, good. <laughs> I thought that was the scariest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also like the, um, the lady with the bad paintings. She told Luke, you don't know your price yet, and I thought that was interesting. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we even know it at the end of the episode. I don't think we know what his price is yet. I think he's going to yeah. definitely get darker before he Yeah, gets, next uh, season. Back. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I had one by Sheldon, which I like, and I might start saying to people as well, which is, walk good man. <laughs> I just like that. That's when he says goodbye. Walk good man. <laughs> uh, any other quotes, guys? Okay. Well, in that case, it's time to rate the episode. Alan, do you want to go first? As Then you can you can go if you want and get some sleep. I don't want to keep you if you're, if you're falling asleep. What am I rating out of? 
Uh, out of 10 and rating episodes separately. So episode 12 and then episode 13. Ooh, torn. I'm going to go with... No, my brain... I'm sorry. My brain is just not working. It's all right. I, I, I was trying to think of something amusing, but I'm just going to... I'm going to give 12, actually 8. Mm-hmm. 8 out of 10. Cool. 8 out of 10. And I'm going to give 13 6 out of 10 because, to be honest with you, I think they dragged on the ending a bit too much. A bit like Return of the King. Yeah, they they, they could could have chopped about 10 minutes off the end of it and it wouldn't really have lost a lot. Yeah. Okay. Cool. From from Raya, that gets a bonus point from Raya's death. Otherwise, (laughs) nice. Yeah, for sure. Brad, what. Would you like to rate these episodes? Um, alright. Um, I think... I think I actually like the last one the best. I'm gonna say, uh, for 12, I'll say... Um, I'll say... 7 out of 10. And for 13, I'll say... just because it's so crazy, because you know that crazy prison like fight scene, <laughs> that alone counts a billion for me. Yeah. Um. So, and, uh, but there's that stupid Godfather thing, and I don't know. It feels a little rushed, but I still like it. I still like the last episode. And a lot. it turns I'll into say, a musical. It turns into a musical twice, and <laughs> it also turns into the Godfather, um, shot for shot, which is crazy. And doesn't really make sense, but still, I liked it, um, and I liked the whole season overall. But I'll say eight out of ten um, um, surprise musical ex- expositions. Tammy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I actually liked uh, twelve better than thirteen. I thought uh, maybe because I really liked Bushmaster, and we got two really good like fight scenes out of that episode um the one with luke was like his i'm gonna miss bushmaster fighting if we don't get him back his fight scenes are incredible like (laughs) the choreography for his fights are really good um and you know i i don't know i just like that one better i thought the ending i thought the I, i thought a lot of it was very predictable like, once Bushmaster mm-hmm. left, it was like, well, yeah, and I kind of saw that Tilda was probably going to be the one to kill Mariah if she were to die. That makes sense. Luke taking over Harlem's paradise didn't come as a surprise. Him kind of going down this dark path, they've been setting that up all season. So I just kind of was like, all right, so is this just like a... I, I kind of felt like the last episode was like a setup for future seasons. It, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. So I give episode 12 eight and a half out of 10 neckfuls of nightshade and uh, episode 13, eight out of 10 low simmering poisonous plants. <laughs> that you're currently cooking, yeah? Exactly. It's yeah. <laughs> keeping it on a low simmer like while we podcast. <laughs> uh, Will? Uh, yes, I also like the first episode better than the second one the first episode uh Gree has some great fighting scene got to see some good stuff from shades and i think this is the one where mariah actually got arrested um mm-hmm. and the second episode 
And you know, I didn't really like the way things ended with Luke, even though they were setting it up from for a while. I didn't like the way that ended. Uh, but I also think that I could have shaved a little bit off the end and it would have been better. Both episodes were over an hour. Um, so I'll give the first episode 8 out of 10 uh, enemies who could have been brethren fighting side by side. <laughs> <laughs> um, second episode, I'll give 7 out of 10 kisses of death. Oh, come here then, Will. Huh? Oh, <laughs> come here. Cool. I could not decide which episode I like more because both have good points and both have bad points, but I do think it's a very strong um, ending to a season. Um, the way it wrapped up, I preferred it to the ending of Jessica Jones season two, I felt like this was a lot stronger and better paced and a lot of more of the stuff was signposted. Um, so I think I'm going to give episode 12 uh, an 8.5 out of 10 Ooh, Bushmaster boogies because um, he's boogied out of there and out of our hearts, I guess, to Delaware. I don't know. Uh, and episode 13, an 8 out of 10, every episode should be a musical from now on, despite <laughs> what Brad says. So that gives episode 12 an average of 7.9 and episode 13 an average of 7.5. Really strong season this season, guys. Yeah. Yeah, very strong. Yeah, I, yeah really good. Much enjoyed. Uh, right, Alan, did you want to hang around for feedback or did you or do you need to go sleep? It's 25 to 1 and I have to sit down at this desk in a little over 10 hours. Okay. So, yes, I'm going to run. No worries. Do you want to advertise anything online where people can hear you or find you on the internet? <laughs> Um, the only thing I can advertise at this point is the Irish Disc World Convention in the Cork Airport Hotel from last weekend in March, shading into April next year, which nice. we're actually which are actually sold out of. But I am the membership officer for the convention committee, so. <laughs> uh, and I am put it in your diaries. I, I am responsible for the waiting list, <laughs> which is growing swiftly. Do you take bribes? Is the important question. <laughs> Not in the format that you'd probably be willing to accept. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, thank you so much for guesting. Will you uh, be back for Iron Fist? Uh, yes, especially if it coincides with the bank holiday Monday in Ireland. Oh, sweet. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, there are advantages and not there starting work until 11am. <laughs> nice. Long weekend. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Alan. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Uh, okay, guys, we have one piece of feedback. Can anyone guess who it's from, Will? Could it be Setna? 
<laughs> it is indeed. You win all the prizes. Hey. I'm going to. <laughs> it just reminded me that I was talking to someone the other night, and I kind of ran out of things to talk to him about. So I like brought up Luke Cage. If you uh, do you like Luke Cage, he's like, no, I didn't really get into. It. I liked Iron Fist a lot better. It's like, uh, who are you? <laughs> what kind of person are you? No. What are you? Get out of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it may have gone in there like three times so oh. it might start three times does it start but... with luke stepping up yeah okay yeah <clears throat> luke stepping up teaming up with bushmaster for another wu-tang soundtrack rumble in the scary drug warehouse mariah cementing new allies while shays turns super grass smutly giving us all a nice season one recap but OMFG, his now ex-lawyers, the mom of the kid, Luke shielded from the season one shooting at Pops. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. He's just got to get the MacGuffin gun back and out from Mariah's almost Bushmaster-proof panic room. Inedible shooting and fighting breaks out. KRS-One is done with that. Culminating <laughs> in a Luke-Misty-Bushmaster three-way. Damn. Mariah's <laughs> let off in slow-mo, and the crown is vacant, leaving chaos and war to break out. Luke's got to step up higher, and Chase is giving a leg up. See, I didn't think about it then, but when KRS is performing and there's all those gunshots during his song, like every time, yeah. I'm like, okay, is there a fight breaking out? Exactly. <laughs> do that on purpose. That's what I think every time I see that. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Sugar's Uber for thugs, huh? And Mariah's not wasting any time taking over cell block H. Carboni's offering coffee, but Luke ain't drinking. Bye-bye, Stylers. Bushmaster, you were a fucking great villain. Yeah. It's all up to Tilda now as Mariah orders a purge, conveniently sparing <laughs> Sugar. Yay. <laughs> but not Alex. No. Woohoo! Confirmation Foggy got out of the club alive. <laughs> for fuck's sake, give us a date for Daredevil Season 3. I'm dying here. I'm guessing that'll be like November, October. Yeah, there's rumors apparently that um, journalists have uh, screeners already of it. So um, I, I think I saw on Twitter, but I yeah, as far as I know, we don't have a, d a date. I think we would have. I think Sedna would be the first one to know and would have let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Mariah accepts Tilda, she delivers a fiery kiss of death. Luke visits for a final verbal showdown, and we see the bloody demise of the most awesome villain of these series. An older woman of color, ruthless with power and sass, Alfred Woodard played her like a goddess. Agreed. Give her an Emmy. It's going to be like the scene, you know, where Luke's breaking the fingers and he's punctuating the words and he's like, what? Part? <laughs> don't. I'm going to be like that with the Emmy people going, give, crack, her, crack, and crack, oh my God. Emmy, crack. Yeah, they need to give her an Emmy. Like uh, Luke Runtings, King Rook now, making Harlem great again, so DW rightly chucks him out of pops. Mm-hmm. Tilda ain't happy, but Luke's taking a poisoned chalice here. Mariah can still corrupt him from beyond the grave. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. 
OMG, love Rakim and the Midnight Hour. Oh, yeah, that's so good. So good. Ali replaces Biggie on the wall. By the way, I'd have Dusty Springfield. Nice. And we we end with wise words from Pastor Papa. Tribute paid. It's been a pleasure as always. Thoroughly enjoyed this season and your podcast. See you for Iron Fist Season 2 if I can be arsed. Is that how you say it? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, said no. Yes, definitely come back for Iron Fist 2. Please. Oh, thanks, Sedna. Uh, awesome. Well, now, Brad, it's time to thank you as our guest. Why, thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Brad's Why, you're well. all welcome. <laughs> Brad, do you have anything you wish to promote? Like, can I hear you and anything else? You can hear me on the Ramjack podcast talking about all sorts of shenanigans. We've been in the middle of Animation August, which is brutal brutal we've watched some terrible <laughs> terrible cartoons um and uh, also you can hear me on the calavici fashion cast with tammy and claire oh talking about all those sweet sweet quantum leap fashions oh, yeah love it and planning what we're gonna do once quantum leap finishes because we've only got one season left yeah but i'm sure it will involve wacky fashions whatever it is and if not, we'll judge the fashions anyway, regardless. Exactly. Even if it's not a fashion podcast, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just, we're what, always, just what we do. <laughs> we're always judging, by the way, people. Just be warned. Will, we're judging you right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Will and Tammy, have you been up to anything this week you want to promote? I know we didn't do Calavici this week, Tammy, so yeah, I don't know if you so- have any other little side projects you want to promote. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a new, maybe a new Spartacast soon, since I'm kind of getting nudged by my co-host to do an episode soon. But I'm so lazy. <laughs> it's As summer. Jack Murdoch would say, "Get to work, do it." Yeah. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to say thank you to our lovely new co-host Will for being with us for this season, and it's lovely having you on board, Will. Oh, it's great to be here. I didn't know I was lovely. <laughs> I don't usually use that word to describe yeah. myself. You're the lovely Will. And um, also, thank you to all of our guests this season and our uh, listeners and everyone that sent in feedback. We love hearing what you think. Um, and it's, yeah, been a, a really strong show, I think, uh, this one. And obviously, we'll be back for Iron Fist in about three weeks. I will be putting a document up um, or a list up, sorry, in the Facebook group so people can uh, say if they wish to be on Iron Fist and guest with us because that will be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how many episodes we're going to do for that. I need to discuss that with Tammy and Will um, because if they release Daredevil soon, then (laughs) we're going to have to start, I don't know, recording like three or four times a week or something like it would be crazy um so yeah we'll have to look at um if we get a release date for daredevil season three i guess um yeah but i am so excited to see what happens in luke cage season three after this because i really like this and i cannot wait to get the luke cage season two soundtrack on vinyl because the songs in this season were so good yeah it'll be it'll be uh i mean look i'm always down for the music in the show so yeah definitely Maybe we'll get some um, some good music in Iron Fist season two because last season we had Anderson Pack, which I really liked, 
Um, I think we had some other ones. So we'll see. You know, uh, Brad, you are our guest. You get to take us out with an Excelsior. So I'm going to ask you, could you please do this Excelsior in the style of Wilson Fisk on an awkward <laughs> date? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well, I um, just want to say um, <laughs> um, the wine is lovely. Um, and uh, uh, Excelsior. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. What good man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International Licence. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!